following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. There's been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. This is our first ever midday episode. I think so. Yeah, it's it's always been after five. It's always been after quitting time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we are here during the day on Thursday. So if I'm gonna try to get this up later on this afternoon or tonight, so if people can listen at least. I don't know how much uh, interest there's gonna be in making sure that the uh, preview for the Broncos and Browns is no. cur- is current. No. No, I will not be uh, watching that. There's, None. There's a little bit better sports on tonight than some that. baseball, some yes, bucks. and the oh the Bucks. Yeah, forgot about that. Okay, yes. So we'll we'll make sure that the Bucks information is also current because they are on their first road game. But this is a midday edition of the intentional foul before another uh, NFL weekend, and who knows by tomorrow the National League Championship Series might be decided. It could be as well. Yeah. Um. So there's there, there's a bunch of things, but this is kind of our only opportunity this week, and we're kind of running into that as we go. But that doesn't mean we're not going to uh, get a full show going. And obviously we'll get uh, some Packers and Bears if I can remember what happened I know, I was, outside I was of the making, results. When I was making the rundown, I was just like, man, that was like three day, three and a half days ago. I barely remember that. Really don't. Um, some stuff's happened since then, obviously. But we'll go through some NFL stuff. Obviously, the Bucks and the and the Nets. I'm sure you have some some opening night uh, thoughts about uh, the rings. And I, I think I texted you a picture of that uh, a couple hours before the game when it came out on Twitter, and it was just like, God damn, yeah, wow. You know, it's big when uh, when Drew Holiday puts it on his pointer finger. And it looked like a like a it looked like a ring pop that you'd get out of a vending machine when you were a kid. <laughs> yeah, thing is fucking huge. Yeah, yeah, and the fact that they can put it into like they can transform it into like a, a pendant for a necklace, which then I saw it's got a Q code in it, so Twitter. you can watch highlights off of it. Like Giannis wanted, like what? What? That's unbelievable. Like that's it's I, a long way. I remember years ago. Oh boy, this had to be. Really early '90s. I remember when my dad was was managing the mall. He had Jim Taylor come for an oh, autograph nice. signing, okay. and I remember Jim Taylor letting me put his Super Bowl ring on, and like it looked like a class ring. Yes, you know yes. it had like one stone in it, probably like a like a green stone for the Packers or whatever, and it said Super Bowl one on it, and maybe had a diamond. Right. This one had 360 right. diamonds. Like hundreds of diamonds so, in it. Yes. Yeah, pretty crazy. So we'll we'll get to some NBA stuff. We'll uh, finish with some baseball and there's some uh there's there's some community rock throwing uh going on <laughs> between uh Janesville and Milton on the east side and uh up Highway 26 and down John Paul Road. So we'll uh, we'll talk about that because that has uh seemingly gripped the community uh at large for those who care about such things. And uh, we'll weigh in with some thoughts on that. But, um, yeah, let's start with Packers and Bears, 24-14. Um, I don't think either team looked particularly good no. uh, in this game. And I I think Rogers said this afterwards where 
No, I don't think he said anything. Somebody said that of this team, it's like he's now at the level where this team doesn't really need to or have the capability of blowing anybody out anymore. They just kind of do what they need to do to win, and that's basically it. It's not flashy. It's not sexy. It's The numbers aren't astronomical. It, they just get it done. That doesn't really, for me as a fan, um, uh, bring about a lot of confidence. You know, it's not like when we used to get the ball and you're like, oh, they're just going to run down here and they're going to score. I, I don't know what the hell's going to happen anymore, you know, judging based on what's hap- happened the last couple of weeks. So, I don't know. That's just that's just how I felt about it. And as far as the details, I mean, I can't really remember anything except for re- except for officiating, which was well, particularly bad. It was very bad. It was very bad. Uh, it was it was bad both ways. I will admit, um, you know, as somebody that watches as many Packer games mm-hmm. as I do, Bear games, um, one of those two teams seems to get more calls than the other. Let's just say that. But um, the the Packers did what they were supposed to do. They were supposed to win that game. They're better than the Bears. The Bears are not a very good team. Um, you've got a rookie quarterback making his third start. You've got a rookie running back, your third stringer, making his first start. You've got a banged-up O-line for the Bears. Um, the Bears' defense, I think they're rated pretty well. I still don't think it's that good of a defense, though. Okay. I mean, you've got Khalil Mack, you've got Akeem Hicks, you've got Roquan Smith, who I think individually, I think all three of those guys are all pro level. Maybe Hicks is a rung down. Roquan Smith is an absolute tackling machine. And Khalil Mack's still Khalil Mack. Other than that, like their secondary's not good. They can't tackle. Eddie Jackson's like the worst tackler in football. It's amazing that guy was first team all pro a couple years ago. Like his drop off. I was gonna say, how's the descent been on that? It's been crazy. And I don't know you know, I'm I'm trying to think back. I think the year he made all pro, I think he had a bunch of interceptions. Interceptions, yes. And um, that that's probably why he made it. But um, they've got some problems on the back end of that defense for sure. And, uh, you know, I from the Packers' standpoint, you know, you, you're pretty much right. I think they kind of did what they needed to do when they needed to do it. Um, I would still be very concerned about that defense. Again, I know their ratings are pretty good. That's what I was I just going to say. Follow I, that up. I think I saw today they're like fifth in the league in yards, yards allowed. Given up. Yep. But it seems like every single week some not great running back is running all over. I mean, this kid for the Bears. I thought he did He had something. like 97 yards. Yeah. Um, and he's about the size of me. <laughs> and he's a third string rookie. Uh, you know, I mean, I, that I would think that would be somewhat concerning to the Packers. The more concerning thing to me is that when you get inside the twenty on the team, oh, it's a touchdown, right? Yeah. Like it's reached catastrophic historic levels for that. I mean, team. The, the Bears had that bad call. They they when they scored late in the game, their second touchdown. It was like a seven yard run, and it was a they got a bad holding call, and it got shipped back to the tw- almost to twenty, and they still, scored. they still scored. It didn't even really matter. So, I don't know. I You know, in fields, I just, you know, Matt Nagy or Bill Lazor, whoever is the play caller. I mean, I know everybody got really excited in Bear Nation the last couple of weeks because Nagy wasn't calling the plays. It's still not good. Um, You know, 
I would say about every third passing play, it looks like nobody out there knows what they're doing. <laughs> Fields is kind of running for his life, and he's indecisive on should I run, should I throw it away. There's a couple times he just holds on to the ball way too long, and he and he gets sacked. Where if it's like, dude, get to three in your head and go, just run. Where he's trying to dance around, it's like you can't do that in the NFL. Well, Olsen at the time said, I think he actually he didn't yell at him, but he was kind of chirp like check down. Yeah, just quit looking down the field. Go to your other options that are closer to you. Right. Use Cole Komet. Use your per, use yeah. your progressions. Yep, and just get down and get rid of the ball. So he's he's obviously like I said, it's his third start. It was the sixth game of the year. Um, he's still making remedial rookie mistakes. And I'm not sure we're going to see much of that change as long as the current staff is involved. I just, based on what I saw with Trubisky and what I've seen so far with Fields, I just don't have any confidence in them coaching him up. Okay, I think we just talked about it. We were talking about Tua. Yep. I, I think with Fields, you can see, you know, there's a handful of plays a game. We are like, wow, that was pretty electric. Like, wow, this kid's got a cannon. He squeezed it in there. That was a really nice throw. But then, like I said, there's four plays he holds on the ball too long. There's three plays where you can tell he's not on the same page with the receiver. Maybe it's the receiver's fault. I doubt it, being as though the receivers have been in this system and Fields is the rookie. So, you know, it, he, he's slightly getting better incrementally each game, but it's not anything that it's not going to lead them to many victories. Let's just say no, that. But I mean, as a rookie, at least you're seeing progression. I mean, for what it's worth, at least it's well, some sort of a step I mean, when forward. you start, when you start off as well, badly as true. they did, yes, there's nowhere to really go, but up, <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm, I'm certainly not writing him off or giving up on the kid. I think he's going to be their quarterback for the next several years. You know, it just boils down to, are you more Tua or are you more Lamar? I don't know. It, it, it remains to be seen. For the Packers, I like the way that they spread the ball around a little bit more, and I don't know whether that was a product of Chicago trying to take away Adams. I mean, he didn't have nearly as productive game as he has the last couple of weeks. They got to Lazard a couple of times. He had the touchdown that was taken off the board from St. Brown in the back of the end zone where they called him for uh, pass interference. He's, well, and they and they also called him out of bounds, and he was clearly inbounds. So even even if they would have <laughs> reviewed it, it would have been a touchdown. Yeah. But they called pass interference, yeah. which isn't reviewable anyway. Um, but for some reason, and this has gone on for I think all season now, because maybe how productive he was last year, Rogers wanting to get Tanya in the ball. He's almost never open, no, ever, and he's trying to squeeze it in there. And the throws either don't look good or the defensive back is in a great position to make a play on the ball. Because every time he does that, I, I just kind of want to go, what are you seeing that we're not seeing? Because, and I, and I, I don't want to play the armchair quarterback kind of guy, but it's like, how do you think that he's in a position to make a play? Because I don't see any of that. It's also like Mertz trying to give it get it to Ferguson well, when he's double teamed. Well, I mean, Tanya, I mean, 75% of his damage last year was done in the red zone correct so that's where they're really missing him this year like, and they're not good ha- in the red does zone. he even have a touchdown this year or he maybe one won. i think he might have last won. year he had like what 11 yes 10, something, something like, like that. that 
So, I, I I mean, I get it. You want to keep him involved in the offense. I like the fact that he's going to Mercedes Lewis a couple of times just because I like the guy. He seems like he's 60 years old. Oh, and he, still, he just, he's just lumbers. Still able to play, and they still love the fact that he can block really well. He reminds me of the big kid in the neighborhood when we were little because it takes, like, four dudes to get him down, right. and he's not fast. No. He's just – he's got that – he's – Old man strengthy. And he's somehow fluid enough to get open. It's like, how did you let him get open? There's like a guy piggybacking him. One guy's got an arm. One guy's got a leg. And he just eventually just kind of just falls, falls over. Out of bounds. <laughs> it's like, I guess that was a tackle. Each each guy gets a third of a yeah, tackle here. But, I mean, he had to, I think he caught a couple of passes. He's caught one, I think, a game for the last couple of weeks. And, and every time I see that happen, I'm like, oh, yeah, you got, you got Mercedes the ball. That's cool. I just keep thinking to myself, Jesus Christ, I remember when that guy was like a rookie on the yes. on the Jaguars playing with, like, Brunel. Right. Like, holy shit, this dude's old. <laughs> so I don't um, I don't know. The Packers got a tough stretch coming up here. They got they Washington. Um, and after that, things get really, really tough. I think Rodgers was asked yesterday about, you know, trap games and looked at the schedule, and, and so was Lafleur, and they didn't want to give – cliche answers um and be, you know they're very aware of the opponents they have to play and they you know still say that you know Washington's a really good football team which they're not I mean, they stink pretty bad right. they do I mean, I mean you're not going to say that because again we've talked about this how in in the media what do you expect the coach or, know, or the quarterback sure. to say like yeah we know they're not very good but we can't overlook them anyway but when you're, you're when you're having a quarterback controversy between Tyler Taylor Heineke and Kyle Allen <laughs> Things aren't going your way. Probably not. No. Um, what? I'm I'm really tired of the whole Rogers I own you stuff and people talking to him. Like he was on McAfee, I think on uh, Monday or Tuesday, and he was talking about that in his post game comments. Um, I didn't really make anything of it during the game when I because I was following on Twitter and I saw him yell something. I didn't know what it was, and then I saw it, and then you got the context afterward that the lady in the front row was giving him the finger on both hands, and all he was hearing was F-bombs being hurled at him and stuff like that, so he decided to bark. So a normal football game. All of it was just stupid to me. Both. both. I, I don't care. Like, like as a fan, and I'm sure there probably was a lot of alcohol uh, involved in in the stands, but I guess if I just had that opportunity to be that close, I'm not barking at the yeah, opposing but, players and flipping yeah, them off. But, it, you know... And it's it's certainly not a Bears thing. I mean, I'm I'm quite no, certain if no. Russell Wilson runs into the end zone at Lambeau, nobody's going good drive, Russ. Right, nice like, hey, play. You did you did a great job there. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. They're mfing him too. Oh, I'm sure. No, it's it's not it's not unique just no. to Chicago. And I don't anybody who thinks that doesn't know what they're talking about. But I, it's just one of those things where I just went. None of this is good. None I didn't. I really didn't have a problem with him saying it in the heat of the moment. Um. I had a little bit of a problem of him then the next two to three days doing the media rounds, trying to be Mr. Jokerson with it. Um, you know, have a little bit of class. I get saying it in the heat of the moment. I do. You're on the field. Adrenaline. It's a, it's a rivalry emotions, game. Yep. You're you're jacked up. You score a touchdown. People are giving you shit. Totally get that. You know, but then, yeah, then to go on McAfee and yuck it up and... Well, what do you, I, I just okay. thought it was a little much. What do you expect him to say then? Because it's he is not. I mean, he makes a normal appearance. You know that they're going to ask him about it. What What do you expect him to say in that moment? Then, uh, when, it was the heat of the moment. No big deal. No disrespect intended. And then that's it. Leave it at that. Yeah. Okay. 
You know, and obviously the media is going to eat it up because it gives them something to talk about. Yes. Um, I mean, I'm not, I'm, as, as a Bear fan, I'm not like mad or offended about it because, you know, well, he, it, he has owned them over the years. That's, and that's exactly what the Bears you know? fans have said is like, well, it's hard to be mad because he's not wrong. Look at the record. But it's like, you know, and, and the Packer fans, not you in this case, but <laughs> thank you. I mean, could you just, could you be more corny? Like just the, the giggle fest. Oh, yeah, he owes the Bears. You tell him. It. It's like, okay. Like, how many downs have you played? Shut the fuck up. That's, again, you know, that's just relax. where we talk about, like, we've been here before. Just, yeah. yep, okay, fine. Let's and by the way, you were supposed to win. Congratulations. Right, on you winning. Beat, you beat a Matt Nagy coach team with a rookie quarterback and a third string running back who was their best weapon. So, tip of the cap to you. <laughs> You got anything else on the game? No, no, right. that's about all I can remember. Right, <laughs> really? Like it's it. I want to do. There this. was like six calls that I wanted to just go off about, but I can only remember like two of them. Lauren tweeted about the one where Kenny Clark was offsides, and yep. you and I, you yep. and I were texting at the same time. And Fields thought he was offsides. That's why he launched it. He pulled a Rogers, yes, and launched it, and, and then they get burned on. It's like, well, what, what? Lauren, Lauren even said, I guess Aaron Rodgers owns the trademark on. Guess so. Uh, on, on offsides <laughs> calls. Um, but, I mean, again, you you need to know that a flag comes out, and you also need to throw in the in the vicinity of receiver. Well, and he did that there twice. Was, there was nobody down there. Yeah, and the second one was almost a pick if, I think, Savage couldn't quite stay in bounds or something. Mm-hmm. Um, there was that one. There was the, the bad holding call on the Bear touchdown. It got called back. And then there the, was the bad one on the Packer touchdown that got called back. And then the one that pissed me off the most was the, the Rogers, the Rogers the, one. Was it Carl Edwards? Yeah. Yeah. Obviously the referees must have watched the Raider game because Carl Edwards was an asshole twice. Yes. So and got, got that. Right. Got a, what was it? Uh, unsportsmanlike, I think. Mm-hmm. But he shouldn't have got one in the Packer game. He sacks Rogers. Rogers sticks his uh, fingers into the face mask of Edwards and says whatever, and then Edwards gets up and looks down and says something to him, and then, and then, he, and then he gets the flag. Yeah, because like, I'm guessing all they saw was the finger, and that immediately is yeah. taunting. That's that's just that's where you know these games take ten hours anyway. Did any of these guys Let's just review this oh stuff? My God, that that made the game just dra- like honestly. I fell asleep at the end of the first half. I didn't think it was an exciting game whatsoever, and I got a decent night's sleep. Mm-hmm. But I was like, you guys are just killing me yeah. with this. There's nothing going on. Flag, flag, yeah. flag, flag. I mean, it, like, I woke up, and they're into the halftime show. I'm like, oh, check the score. Guess I didn't miss anything. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. No. But um, Packer signed another dude who just got released, Whitney Merciless. Yeah, I saw that. Um, He's he old. Was, he was in practice today, 10 seasons with the Texans. But they're outside linebackers. They're you got nobody left. Mm-hmm. Preston Smith is hurt. Zadarius is on injured reserve. Another dude, Chauncey Rivers, who I don't know if he would have been used at all, got blew his ACL. So it's like you got Rashawn Gary and one other guy. And Merciless, I don't know why he had been productive, but apparently Houston went from a 4-3 to a 3-4, and they're making him stick his hand in the ground. He's still got a couple of sacks, but maybe now that they put him out on the edge and able to stand up, I don't know, maybe he could offer... Something. Yeah. Well, and, I don't know. And, and, and they're not on the hook for any money of note. Yeah, and not to defend the Packers, but I think this is one of the reasons why they didn't sign Gilmore. 
is because they knew they had so many holes elsewhere that they needed to plug. They needed to have a little money to go get a Jalen Smith, to go get Merciless. They're not paying them much. No. But, you know, you got to have a little something in the pocket to throw at these guys. Right. No, absolutely. David Bakhtiari's back practicing. They got three weeks. He's not going to play this week. Then they got a short week next week yeah. against Arizona. Probably not going to do that. So they were targeting him at the Chiefs in three weeks, which. It's a good one to come back for because the Chiefs' defense is doo doo. <laughs> Well, there's, they'd still like to have him because the offensive line is very, very injured. Um, I don't even remember the Tampa Bay-Philly game from last Thursday. One, one I didn't ago. watch any of it. No? No. Didn't watch any. Um, did you wake up early on Sunday and watch Jacksonville and Miami? I didn't wake up early, but I did watch the fourth quarter. Did you really? Yeah. Okay. Because yeah, I was waiting for uh, some of the other, the games. other games to start. It, it, it was on, but, um, I mean, dude, Urban Meyer, like, he doesn't even really look like he wants to be there. <laughs> like it was, it was so weird. Like their kicker made a kick late in the game to tie it, and he just had this blank ass stare on his face, like no excitement, nothing. He was just kind of standing there. It's just weird. Like I don't know if he's trying to get fired. I don't know. Maybe he really doesn't like it now that he's actually in it, playing for the well, NFL's worst I- franchise. I mean, I think that these guys, and we've seen it before. We saw it with Saban. We saw it with Spurrier. Like, these dudes that come from these programs were like, you are a god. You are the, other than maybe the governor, the most important guy in your state. I mean, we had it here with Barry Alvarez. I mean, he, he was the most important guy in the sports figure in the state, probably including Favre and Rogers. Um. I think it's hard for those guys to then go work for other people and not have that control. Right, and you don't have the the I mean, autonomy even, or carte blanche. Even to look do. at even look at a guy like Gruden, who, who he didn't come from college. He comes from from the from the booth. But he but had, he he had player he had player control first right or refusal fifty one percent control. He had refusal over the general manager. Right, so it's like that's not right. You got to have you got there's levels to this. Everybody should be doing their job, but I think it's hard for these guys. Because I, I think, you know, and I remember hearing some old Florida State guys talk about Bobby Bowden. Like, Bobby Bowden was the CEO of Florida State. You know, he would show up in your living room to close the deal in recruiting. Of course, but he didn't make... He wasn't, he wasn't going to high school games. He didn't make He wasn't watching the tape. Stuff, right. He's riding around at practice in a golf cart. Correct. So Especially late. You know, yes. that's, that's kind of how these guys are at the highest level in college. And, you know... You can't really get away with that in the NFL because you got to put in the work, and it's hard. You can't motivate a thirty-year-old the same way you can a twenty-year-old. So, um, Lions continue to lose. Is there is there any chance you think they don't win a game? I think they'll beat somebody. Or are they too I, I good just not don't to? think they're that bad. They've had a couple of shitty luck things happen to them, right? I got to think that they're going to get a game or two somewhere. I mean, they still get to play the Bears twice. So, I don't see the Bears sweeping the Lions. Texans get pounded by the Colts. Jonathan Taylor had like a 75 or 80-yard run. And now we saw on the tube just before we started uh, recording that it sounds like that uh, they're looking to ship Deshaun Watson to the Dolphins. And Houston would have no interest in getting Tua back, which is interesting because of what else Houston has at quarterback when you at least want options at yeah, that point. I don't know. I mean, I guess they're seeing what we're seeing. Not much out of Tua. 
Uh, Rams destroy the Giants. We kind of saw that. There weren't very good games this weekend, and there's not that very many good ones coming up this week. No, I saw the I saw the board when um, uh, the Brian from Bazinga comes into the Hog, and they pick I think like eight games or whatever. And I just I kind of looked at it, and I I would assume they try to pick the best ones. And I saw some of the games they're picking. I went, why'd you pick that one? And they were like. Look at the twenty five percent of the league's on a buy. Look at look at the games. You There's, know, you got, it's not much. No, um, Chiefs roll over the the Washington squad. I don't know. Would you watch any? A uh, little bit. I mean, pretty predictable. You knew that. You had a feeling KC'd bounce back mm-hmm. after losing again at home and in Washington's defense. I mean, they went they, from being one of the best in the out, league last yeah. year to just being bad this year. I don't know what happened. Um, in overtime, Vikings beat Carolina. Yeah, I mean, again, the Vikings are just, they can't close anybody out. I mean, this is like the third, I think they're three and three or, or two, I think they got three wins. But I th- how many overtime games? Two, at least like, three. Yeah, so, like half their schedule. Um, Baltimore, this was a little shocking to me. Chargers didn't really show up for this one. No, and I'm... And it was a short week for Baltimore because they had played the previous Monday night. Okay. So yeah, that was a little surprise. I was I was surprised they only scored six points. Yeah. You know the the Charger defense for whatever reason it seems like every year in the last fifteen years when they've been relevant they're always banged up on defense. Like they've always got two or three of their top guys injured. Um, so I wasn't shocked they gave up some points, but their offense is healthy. And they got shut down. Not doing much. So. Um, Cardinals beat the Browns. This would have been a nice statement game for Cleveland, but um, Mayfield dealing with that uh, with that torn labrum on his non-throwing shoulder, so on his left side, and that's put him out for tonight. They're, so, ho- they're hoping he avoids so surgery. Mayfield's got torn labrum. Jarvis Landry, uh, he was activated today, but he had been out for four weeks with a knee thing. Beckham's always got something wrong with him. Chubb didn't play last week, and he's not playing tonight because of a calf thing. Kareem Hunt was carted off the field the other day and is not playing tonight. Their left tackle and their right tackle are both out tonight. Like, they have no offense. They got nobody left. Well, I didn't realize it was that bad. Yeah. Like, it's tonight it's Case Keenum and Jarvis Landry versus Denver, basically. And Teddy Bridgewater is questionable with a, a quad and a foot injury. I mean. Well, I don't know who's going to play who quarterback. Who the hell's watching them. this game I, that doesn't. Uh, consider themselves a Brown or a Bronco fan. I Oof. I might turn it on for about five seconds. Um, Raiders beat the Broncos. I was kind of a little surprised given the whole stuff that happened with Gruden. Uh, you good, know, maybe gal- the- good galvanizing team opportunity. Uh, okay, you know, and the Broncos stink, so that helps too. <laughs> I was going to say good positive spin until yeah. that last part. Yeah. Um, overtime in a couple games. Dallas beats New England. That was a hell of a game. I would have thought that Dallas would have taken care of them a little easier. But, I, I but it was still, in Foxborough, right? I still think that there's a little bit of that going into New England versus Belichick. Mystique. There's a little mystique to that. Okay. And I think New England played pretty well. Dallas, you know, Dallas's defense is better, but they still give up a lot of passing yards. And um, but yeah, that was a really fun, fun game to watch down the stretch. Who's the quarterback now in Seattle? Geno Smith. Mm. Yeah, that was that. That was a pretty awful Sunday night game. Took Pittsburgh overtime to beat them. So I, what is is that more indicative of 
how bad Pittsburgh is or well, what else Seattle has. Roethlisberger had a play where he went to throw the ball and he just dropped it. So that's kind of where he maybe is. Maybe it's time. It's it's been past it's time. Past I time, think, yeah. And then uh, Monday night, um, Derek Henry, uh, Derek Henry ran wild and uh, beat the Bills. Yeah. So the Bills had the ball on the fo- on well on about the four or the five with like thirty seconds left, fourth and one, down three. And they went for it. They didn't get it. Josh Allen kind of slipped. You yes, could, you could see his feet kind of went go out from under him, but. I love the call of going for it there and not kicking the field goal. Because, like, look, if you get the first, you win the game. If you go for the kick, maybe you make it. The way the kickers are now, who the hell knows? Mm -hmm. Then what? Then you're betting on the coin flip. You haven't been able to stop Tennessee all night. They've been running all over you. They get the ball first. They get the ball first. They're probably going to score. So I like the call. I think McDermott's been taking some shit from the media. Uh, for for going for it, but we talked about it. They're going to win their division anyway. I was say, it's not... That would have been a really huge road win mm-hmm. for them. Uh, but the Titans, that was a nice win for them too because they hadn't beaten anybody any good. They needed that. All right, so that is the week six. Week seven again starts tonight. Uh, we don't need to talk about no. Denver and Cleveland. We already talked I've about already that. I've already blacked it out. <laughs> uh, Chiefs in Tennessee. That should be a fun game I to would watch. I think so. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure either team can stop each other. other. So might be some if you got if you got Derrick Henry or Mahomes or Tyreek or Kelsey. Might be a good time. Might be a good time to uh get some points. Um here's a terrible one to follow up with the Falcons and the Dolphins. Ooh. Yeah, no London game this week. We screwed that up last week. We were making fun of the Miami Jacksonville game for how awful it was now in, Mi- in Florida, one. but that was actually in London. This week there is no London game. Now Miami has to play at home against a two and three Falcons team. Um, Jets and the Patriots. Yeah, I mean, must win for the Patriots. Yeah, you, you you can't lose to New York and then go two and five. No, no, their season's on the line. So um, Carolina and the boy, you're right. Outside of the outside of the Chiefs and the and the Titans, their first five games are not ugly. Good. Not ugly. good. Carolina at the Giants. I would think this would be a Panthers victory, but yeah, you never know. And Daniel Jones is still up in the air whether or not he plays, and if he don't play, then you get the Mike Glennon special. Oh my God, he's still in the league. Ugh. Oh, um, this okay. This is okay. Um, this would be a good one for Cincinnati to have in Baltimore. If the Bengals win this game, I will finally say they're a, they're a decent team. Okay, all right, but I don't think they can. I mean, Baltimore, man, I they just find a way, and they seem to be they they seem to be. I mean, it, they're just we've talked about it before. They're just a super well run franchise. Mm-hmm. They they have they do what they do, and they don't try to be who they're not. And they got a really good coach. You know, so and they got a dude in Lamar Jackson who's just really hard to prepare for. I mean, I can't imagine there's anybody in football that's that you have to prepare for that way just because of the you know that threat of the run. It's it's got to be tough. It's like the old Michael. It's you know it's Vic. like it's like Vic. Which which way do you want him to beat you? Yeah, that's right. Um, Raiders are getting a nice little bit of a schedule break here, and hard to believe they could be five and two if they beat Philly in Vegas. 
It is hard to. I, I don't after know if watching that I don't bear, know if good or not. After watching that Bear Raider game two weeks ago, yeah, how that Bear Raider game reminded me a little bit of when the Bears beat Tampa last year. Remember that on a Thursday night? Yes. And you're like, how the hell? The, yep. But at the end of the day, it was just an anomaly. I think that might be which, the case here. Which, which you get a couple of those, but yeah, this. I don't know if this is a Raider team that if they make the playoffs and they they get uh, a first round game, they might you know they might get blown out as soon as they get there. It's possible, you know. But I mean, they could go to five and two. Um, I don't think Detroit's winning this week. No, uh, when when they go to L.A. to play the Rams, so we're looking at an zero and seven, and you're almost halfway through the season. And you haven't won a game. Yep. Um, and, and this other jeez. Bad teams playing bad teams and lopsided matchups seems to be the theme right now with the uh, undefeated Cardinals uh, hosting the Texans. 17.5-point favorites the Cardinals are this week. And you think you, you if you were so inclined. Know. That's a lot of points, man. I mean, I don't know, 37 to 20. You know, yeah. I mean, like, which, which you can see, you, you can see that can happening see that and be like, wow, that's a beating, but not according to Vegas. Right. I mean, that's it, a lot of, that's three scores. Yes. You know, um, bears are going down to Tampa. I mean, honestly, probably one of the three most interesting games of the weekend, even though I think it'll be a beating. Yeah. But I, I, I saw this morning largest age gap between starting quarterbacks in, in football history in history. Yep. Brady oh, and Fields. Brady and a rookie. I think it's 20, 20 or 21 years. Because he's the oldest. Yeah, what is he, 40? Fields is a rookie. Three? That sounds right. I think Fields is 22, something like something like that. It's 20 or something. But, uh, yeah, I mean. Oh, you're right. When Fields was born, Brady was fighting with Drew Henson for snaps at Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's hilarious. Oh, my God. Um Colts and the Niners on Sunday night. Feel sorry for NBC on that one. Boy, um, there's some the, the three primetime games this week are brutal. Not good. And then the Saints and the Seahawks. Yeah. Jameis Winston versus Geno Smith. Ugh. Left off the Packers and the Washington football team. That's yeah. a that that's a noon kickoff. Yep. Um anyway, doesn't really matter. Um Bills, Cowboys, Vikings, Steelers. Jesus. There are more teams on a bye than I would have thought. Yeah, it's in, like six in, in, in a normal week. Yeah, okay. Steelers, Chargers, and then the Jaguars. So yeah, six teams on a bye. Just hope Urban stays out of his bar. <laughs> Be a good week to not cheat on your wife. Yeah, why don't you just why don't you stay at the compound, get some work done, act like you give a shit, yep, and stay focused on work. Yeah, that's, no, that's that's give it a shot. That's a good idea. See see what happens. Um, Try not to get your. Uh, your franchise quarterback murdered before the season ends. <laughs> do do him a solid and actually prepare. Oh man! All right, um, that's a good thirty-five minutes of NFL stuff. Uh, to the NBA, I watched a little bit. I, I missed the whole ceremony. I was watching on Twitter with a lot of the stuff and watching them, you know, uh, lift the the black curtain on the banner, which was cool. And then I watched a little bit of the of the actual game between the Bucks and the Nets, and you were. Steadfast in the belief that not going to win, maybe get blown out, and then they come out and they and they put it to them. Yeah, I was really surprised. And uh, you know, usually historically on on Chamber ring night, night yep. banner night, whatever, the team gets their ass kicked. And Giannis talked about it a little bit in the post game when he was interviewed by uh, TNT. He said, "Yeah, it was really hard." 
You know, he's like, you know, we get our rings, we see the banner, we shed a few tears, and it's like, oh, shit. Now we have to go play the other best team in the conference. Um, but the Bucks look great. They look like they were, you know, hadn't missed a beat since the end of last season, uh, trying to incorporate a few new guys. Um, but let's start with the ring night. The ring is a monstrosity. <laughs> it's it's really cool. We we hit it at the beginning. It's you can put it. You can change it into a pendant. Mm-hmm. It's got like three hundred and sixty diamonds on it, which is like the amount of wins they've had under Budenholzer. Yep. There was something Mono, some playoff wins. It was like the divi- like divi- yeah the sixteen something for the yeah. playoff wins, yep. and then I think they had something on there for like the amount of division titles they've won. Um, and they had. Fear the deer on one side, bucks and six on the other. Yep, and a really nice uh, green buck logo yep, on, on the yep. on mm-hmm. the top. So um, that was cool. It was cool to see, you know, some of the guys' reactions. Like Brooke Lopez when he walked out. I mean, he, he looked like a kid at Disney World who was seeing something loves, for the first time. He like he Disney. was just so wide eyed and and excited. And um, you know, the Bucks continue to be a a, a first class organization. Um, I thought them giving Senator Cole a ring was very classy. They did not have to do that. Uh, but as frustrating as he was as an owner, because the Bucks, I mean, for the you know twenty five ish years he owned the team, they were like a contender twice. Um, but it's similar to Bud Selig. Without those two guys, there's no pro sports in Milwaukee. So, um, you know, and, and Cole gave $100 million towards the Fiserv. So I, I was very happy to see that. It was good for him. And then I tweeted it, you know, as a, as a longtime Buck fan, to see assistant coach Vin Baker and assistant coach Darvin Ham get their first ring with the Bucks it was cool. I mean, people forget, you know, Vin Baker, uh, he was the guy. He was there before Big Dog. He was there before Ray. And he was there before Sam. Um, he was their he was their guy that they were going to build around, and they ended up trading him uh, before they made their run in in two thousand two thousand one. They, they traded him to Seattle, Seattle for Irvin Johnson, okay. um, and then Darvin Ham was on the O one team. I remember that as a starter yeah. as well. So the Ham dunk, the Ham, yes. Ted Davis. So to see that that was pretty cool. And there I, were I there were a couple that. of former guys. I think um, Brandon Jennings was there. I think I think I th- so. I think he was in the stands. Yep. I can't remember who else. There was another player. Uh, that was in the stands yep. as well. I I don't remember who Tupay, Axel it was. Tupain was there. He must not be on a roster. He was on the team last year. Okay. He was there in street clothes, sitting behind the bench. He's not on the Bucks. But um but no, as far as the game goes, I mean, you know, I I talked about it a little in the preseason. Jordan War is gonna be good. I was I was saying that to somebody like I don't know how the makeup of the roster and you can duel and change that year to year because you know, you've got your nucleus. You know, you've got your core guys, and then you kind of need to fill those spots. And I was like, I'm kind of curious how much he's going to be used, how good he is when he's going to be on the court. I mean, and preseason's preseason. He put up a lot of points in the preseason where it's like you always noticed his name. But, like, you noticed his name in the first game of the regular season. He played very well for Nigeria in the Olympics. He was their leading scorer. All right. He was a big-time scorer at Louisville in college. Um, he was just in a numbers game last year as a rookie, a second-round pick. He wasn't going to play. Um, you know, and with the Bucks, you know, when you 
when you make trades for PJ Tucker, when you make trades for Drew Holiday, you give up picks. So first round picks. So your second round pick, you got to try to really you got to hit on some of these guys. And the Bucks historically have been pretty good. You've gotten um, Luke Bamute. You've gotten uh, Brogdon, guys like that. So being able to hit on Wara, who you're paying second round money to, that's huge. Um, I thought Grayson Allen came ben, in. And he ben. was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he did the things that you want him to do. Um, I think it's pretty clear that if he's not the best guy in the league, he's the he's the one B best guy in the league. Being Giannis, mm-hmm. um, that dude's just unbelievable. I mean, the blocks, the transition, he's hitting jumpers, he's making his free throws. Um, I would, I think he's plus seven fifty right now as an MVP candidate. Worth putting uh, worth putting a hundred on. Okay, I think he's going to have a monster year. Um, so you think this kind of the title thing will motivate him I think even more? I think it's completely unleashed him. Now it's like he's injected something into his I, veins, and I now think, he wants more. Like I think drug. you saw it the other night. I think that whole team is playing free and easy. I was wondering about that because when you said when you you statistically the night of the championship you you usually get worked. I, I don't think a lot of those. Teams had a guy like Giannis where he has said constantly, you know, this is one and it's cool. We're out to get more. Yeah. You know, I think he he would have the positive impact about, okay, we're going to take care of business and then we got to take care of business, you know, to kind of keep those guys focused For and sure. don't get don't get caught up in the whole thing because then we got to go out and we got to play in front of our home crowd yeah. and, and, and we got to set the tone against the team that everybody's picking to beat us. Well, and, and they said it during the broadcast that Middleton had said it during the finals, like Giannis works so hard and he's so focused that everybody else on the team, they, they kind of don't want to let him down, you know? And that's, I mean, it, it reminds me a lot of the things that we would hear about the Spurs with Duncan, where it was like, he's not a rah-rah guy. He's not going to go in the locker room and, and give a speech. He's not going to yell at you like Jordan or Kobe but like he just is so diligent in doing his work that everybody else just kind of falls in line because you don't want to be the guy who everybody else is looking at going oh you oh you skipped out on you skipped out on your uh your weights today oh you didn't shoot 500 shots you only shot 250 whatever it is um so they've built a really nice culture the bucks have but i i'm i'm excited for the season they're they're a little banged up right now uh, Semi Ojale is out. Rodney Hood's out. Portis is out. Portis is out. Drew's day to day. Dante's out. Yep. Drew's supposed to play tonight. Brooke Lopez is not playing tonight. Oh, he's not. So I mean, right now they've got like one center on the roster, and it's Giannis. So I don't know that tonight. I wouldn't be surprised if they went down to Miami and had some trouble tonight. Well, PJ Tucker circled the game on his calendar. That's fine. I get it. <laughs> I get it. He, I'm sure he desperately wanted to be at ring night the other night with those guys, mm-hmm. but you know. That's that's business. That shit happens. So, so a pretty packed way to start the season. Yeah. They got a game every other night. It seems like eight games in fifteen days to start the year. Yeah. Man. So they got the Spurs at home, uh, or no, they're at San Antonio. So they're they're on the road for. The, they got one home game now. They got to go on the road for three. Yep. Yeah, Miami tonight. The Spurs what Saturday, mm-hmm. and, and then, then Pacers. Then Pacers on Monday. Monday. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, um, right. yeah, it, it, you know, it's it, the NBA, it's kind of like baseball where it's like the season starts and then all of a sudden you look in like two weeks and you're like, holy shit, 10% of the season's over. So, okay. Um, you can go through, uh, the Ben Simmons thing. I just have saw, I've, <laughs> I've seen comments from, from Joel Embiid, which I thought were hysterical. Awesome. Love it. Um, yes, very much so. It's kind of one of those things where it's like, I don't have time for this shit. Well, so he showed up because he was getting fined. So basically he's like, his agents were like, well, you, if you show up, they can't find you. Fair enough. So he shows up in his first practice. He's out there and he's going through drills kind of half speed with a cell phone in his pocket. And then when at the end of practice, when everybody kind of huddles up and they're breaking down, he's just kind of on the outside, just kind of wandering around. So that was bad. Then the next day, Tuesday, um, Doc Rivers kicked him out of practice. He They were doing defensive drills. And then he went to a strip club. I don't know about that. That's what was all over Twitter, yeah. that people saw him at a strip club right after he got booted out of practice. So Doc wanted him in a drill. He said no. Doc asked him again. He said no. And Doc said, well, then get the hell out of here. Um, Why would? And then that's when the Embiid comments came out after practice where Embiid basically said, I'm not here to babysit this guy. He's a grown-ass man. I'm not playing this shit. And I applaud Embiid for saying that. Um, he was Because he was kicked out, they suspended him for the opener last night. Uh, I believe they play tonight. Either play tonight or tomorrow. I can't remember. But um, Simmons is now, quote-unquote, injured with, a, with back tightness. So basically... He he's going to do him and his agents are going to do everything they can do to keep him getting paid while also not playing. And it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out. Is Philadelphia just going to suck it up and pay him just to go away? Or are they going to say, uh, no, you need to go see these other doctors. Uh, We don't believe you're hurt. Can they file a grievance? It it's a mess. It's a mess. And, um, you know, it's it's pretty unprecedented that a guy with four years on a $150 million deal is still is trying to pull this. It's not like he's, you know, it's not like it was Anthony Davis a couple years ago where he was in his last year of his contract. It was still bad what he did, but at least it was at the end of the deal. This dude just signed the deal. Mm-hmm. So what's the what's what's the disconnect here? Like, What's the problem? Well, he played. And then how do you solve it? How do you? How do you? How well, I don't, is he I don't, happy? I don't think being on another team. That's the only way he's What's so be bad happy. about being in Philly. Well, Are they not good enough? No, him and Embiid have never really got along, and I think there's a lot of jealousy on Simmons's part that he's of not Embiid. The dude. Embiid was there first. Embiid is better. Embiid has got a lot of personality, and Philadelphia loves him for it. And Ben Simmons is he. You know, he was the number one pick in the draft. A lot of people were comparing him to the next LeBron, and he can't shoot. And he refuses to shoot in the playoffs, and he can't make free throws down the stretch in the playoffs. And it it gets to the point where you really probably should take him out of the game, Ooh. but you really can't. Right. Right. And, you know, there was that's some... A, that's a PR and a yeah, coaching nightmare. And, and Doc Rivers answered a couple questions in, in that playoff series last year. That if he could take them his comments back, he would. One of which was, can you win a title if Ben Simmons is your point guard? And he said, I don't know. Um, I don't think he can. I certainly 
you know, it's one of those things where, like... Sounds like a Brett Bielema. Simmons, <laughs> can you win a title with Simmons on your team? Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Can he be your best guy? No. Can he be your second best guy? I don't think so. I think he's. I think he's got to be like Holiday was for the Bucks. Your third guy. You've got Embiid, then you got to have somebody else, and then you have Simmons. But I just think it's to the point now where it, the marriage is broken, but Philadelphia... They have to, they have, they're still running a business and they can't just, they don't want to just give him away for nothing or for crap because he does still have value, but he's sabotaging his own value so much to the point where Philadelphia is like, dude, we can't, we can't trade you because you're doing this You're not making it easy on us. And he's shrugging his shoulders saying, not my problem. And they're like, well, that's fine. Then Then go home. So wow, all right. Um, we were going to do this last week, yeah. But the uh, the NBA top seventy fifth anniversary team came out, and you have a notepad worth of players that you had last week, and you said you got the first half done, and then trying to whittle it down to seventy five was quite challenging. Yes. So in in ninety six nineteen ninety six was the fiftieth anniversary. They named the fifty greatest players. This year's the 75th anniversary, so they're adding 25. Now, they were voted on by, I think, former players and and a lot of media members and probably even some front office people. But you said the caveat was they're not kicking off members of you the can. Fifth. Oh, you, oh, you can. Yes, when in the voting, you were allowed to do that if you wanted to. Okay, so so you don't necessarily have to add 25. You could have you, added you could add 30. as many as you want, you, but you got to boot five from, from the you, you team. You have okay. to end up with 75. Right. So... For the purposes of what I'm doing, I'm not booting anybody. Okay. And I take the position that that Barkley took the other night of the game's changed. I can't compare Damian Lillard to Bob Cousy. It's just they're 60 years apart. You can't do it. Um, So I'm not kicking anybody off. But let me just go through quickly the original guys. Okay. So you got Kareem, Nate Archibald, Paul Arizon, Barkley, Rick Barry, Elgin Baylor, Dave Bing, Larry Bird, Wilt, Bob Cousy, Dave Collins, Billy Cunningham, Dave DeBusher, Clyde Drexler, Dr. J, Patrick Ewing, Walt Frazier, George Gervin, Hal Greer, John Havlicek, Alvin Hayes, Magic Johnson, Sam Jones, Michael Jordan, Jerry Lucas, Carl Malone, Moses Malone, Pistol Pete, Kevin McHale, George Mikan, Earl Monroe, Akeem, Shaq, Robert Parrish, Bob Pettit, Scottie Pippen, Willis Reed, Oscar Robertson, David Robinson, Bill Russell, Dolph Shays, Bill Sharman, Isaiah Thomas, John Stockton, Nate Thurman, Wes Unseld, Bill Walton, Jerry West, Lenny Wilkins, James Worthy. So those were your original 50 guys. Two guys that were left off of the original 50 that should have made it are Bob McAdoo and Dominique Wilkins. And who are you So booting? they're they're automatically on my new oh, list. Oh, okay. So, so they're, they're part of so my next... So you're making up yes, for that. Okay. They're part of my next 25 because they should have been on the original 50. Okay. So that gives me 23 spots left. And these are in these are in no order. These okay. are just the guys I came up with. So, And on Tuesday, they announced 25 guys. Last night, they announced 25 guys. Oh, right. Tonight, they're announcing... 25 guys. Okay. I think it's a stupid way to do that myself. Just do it all at once and make a, make a big make a big deal out of it like it should be. You spread it out for content. You, you know but, how it works. Yeah. So, my other guys. I got McAdoo and Wilkins, and then I go Duncan, 
Garnett, Iverson, Kobe, Jason Kidd, Dirk, LeBron, Wade, Chris Paul, Harden, Curry, Durant, Giannis, Nash, Westbrook, Kawhi Leonard, Gary Payton, Carmelo, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, Tracy McGrady, Reggie Miller, Manu Ginobili. That's my list. Um, there were a couple. I really struggled with McGrady and Ginobili. Um, like, there was like 20 guys on here that were absolute no-brainers. Um, they've got all the titles. They've got all the MVPs. Um, they've got all the all-NBA stuff. Those, you know, Duncan, Garnett, Iverson, Kobe, Wade, LeBron, Durant, Nash, easy. Reggie Miller, Ray Allen, McGrady, Ginobili, eh, I struggled with that. Let me just read you a couple guys I left off. I was just going to say, because at what point on your 23 then, what point into the 23 did you kind of hit a wall where like, okay, now i got to start making some decisions? Uh, when I got to about 21. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I mean, right. and, 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 you know, it's just my personal preference. Oh, I know. Yeah. Um, and there were a couple guys on the list that I didn't have on my 25 that I like better than guys on the 25, but I just couldn't justify it. Okay. So guys that just missed the cut, Chris Mullen, I love Mullen, but I just, I, I couldn't find anybody here who's again, who we, we, we talk about it. Whose spot are you? Exactly. Taking? I just, you know, is he better than Ginobili? Eh, Ginobili won five, like four titles and was a, Great player for great teams. So, eh. um, Rodman, mm-hmm. but too one-dimensional. Correct. Dikembe Mutombo, again, pretty one-dimensional. Chris Webber, eh. Most people would say he didn't live up to his capabilities. Lonzo Mourning, great player, not quite. Vince Carter, another guy, maybe didn't quite live up to expectations. Um, Paul Gasol was a tough one to leave off. Um, but, you know, not factoring in the international stuff, he was on the outside. Paul George, Clay Thompson, Kyrie Irving, really good players right now, um, but don't really have the, the individual body of work that some of the other guys do. Lucas just hasn't been here long enough. Um, Probably going to make the list, I would He'll assume. be on the next list yes. for sure. Uh, Dwight Howard, Chris Bosh, eh. They'll both ma- they're, they're both going to make the Hall of Fame. But I don't know that anybody's going to be bouncing their grandkids on their knees telling them about those guys. Um, Damian Lillard, really good individual player, just hasn't done enough team-wise. Um, Anthony Davis, great player, but when he was by himself, he couldn't lead a team anywhere. Embiid, love him, hurt too much. Um, Jokic was initially on my list because by putting him on, I would have had every MVP in league history on there. But, again, he's really only been a good player for, like, three years. It's just it's a little too early for might me. Might make the next one. And the last guy is Alex English, who people might go, who the hell is that? Um, he played in the 80s. He's, like, top 10 all-time in scoring overall points. He was actually a buck uh, early in his career, got traded to Denver, and he played in a system out in Denver, which was basically like Big 12 football. Where like every game was like 138 to 135. Just make sure you score. Don't just, worry about and he, them. And scoring. he was getting 28, 29 a night. Um, so statistically, he belongs, but I just couldn't. I couldn't justify it. Okay. So, um, how long did you spend on that list? I don't know about an hour, an hour and a half. Pretty, not not too long. That's pretty good. 
um, because I'd kind of been thinking about this for a while because I knew this was coming up and they were going to do it. And I, I always just kind of get a kick out of when they make these lists. Um, but once I, like I said, once I kind of got into it, I was like, well, there's about 20 guys here that even a guy like Westbrook, I'm not a big Westbrook fan. I respect, I respect him, but you know, if I was picking teams, would I rather have Westbrook or I don't know, Clay Thompson? I I think I'd rather have Clay, but Westbrook's just had a better career. So it was hard to keep him off. So. Okay, that's Dan's seventy yeah. fifth anniversary uh, NBA player it, it list. Was I pretty, like that. It, it was funny on Thursday. So they announced the twenty five before the game, the first twenty five, and and Durant was on it, and Giannis was on it. So they interviewed Durant before the game, and they were talking to him about it, and you could tell he was pretty um, moved by it. He he was pretty he appreciated it very much, and he he, he talked about. I remember watching the All Star game in ninety six when the 50 years and, and they all came out and like, they basically all had like a letter jacket on, but of their pro team, mm-hmm. it was, it was a pretty cool thing. And he was always like, you know, it was always a dream to, you know, kind of be in the conversation with those guys and this and that. And then they asked Giannis about it after the game. And he was like, Oh yeah, that's nice. Thank you. Doesn't really get it. Cause he's not, you know what I mean? Right. Cause he's not from here. He didn't grow up. Dreaming about and that. And watching all these guys play. And I saw a couple people kind of like what be like, wow, he didn't really seem to care. And I, I just don't know that he knows what it is. Frame of reference. Yeah. Yes. Just, I think if you doesn't... explain it to him, like, listen, look, like, read these names. Right. Then he'd be like, oh. But I think, uh, you know. You just kind of sprung five, it on five him. Five minutes after the game, you right. say this, and he's like, oh, okay, thanks. Uh, oh, an, an, another <laughs> accolade or another right. award. Oh, do, okay, do I, What do I get for this? Pre- appreciate you know? it. Yeah. No, 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 that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. But pretty cool, though, for Giannis to, you know, from where he came from to, to be one of the 75. I mean, and he's already probably in reality a top 30, 35 player of all time. But um, to make that list from, from where he came from is pretty cool. All right. So. Very cool. All right. That's uh, that's some uh, some NBA stuff. We'll touch on the baseball Um uh, playoffs right now with the uh, the American League the National League Championship Series. I think the Red Sox uh, Astro game still going on from yesterday. Oh my god! These American League games are unbelievably long. Mm-hmm. I watched, it's a good thing they start at four. I watched an hour long show the other night and missed one inning. That's it. Yes. Normally it's three innings an hour. It's I mean, crazy. That, like on average. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Honestly, right now, don't care who wins as much as I, I I don't want to see the Dodgers there, but the Braves just seem really, really good for the American League. I know you were kind of flirting with the anybody but Boston, except if it's Houston, and now you got kind of both of those. But um, Boston kind of blew their wad the other yeah. night, though. I mean, they brought Evaldi in in, the, in like the eighth, eighth or ninth, and uh, in a tie game, what was that, game four? Yep. And he got squeezed on a pitch. Two strikes, two outs, throws a beautiful backdoor breaking ball, didn't call it a strike. And, like, the next seven pitches that were thrown, the Astros got a hit. And all of a sudden it was 9-2. to two. They put up seven runs yeah. in the ninth And inning. it was just it was like that. The, com- the series completely changed. They blew out Boston last night. And a little bit like with the Dodgers, like, where the hell did all the pitching go? 
Like everybody is just everybody's running on fumes here. Seeing a lot of runs, a lot of runs. But you've got relievers starting. They started the Dodgers started Canable game five against the Giants and game one against the Braves. You've got starters relieving. We've seen uh, Scherzer close out game first five. time ever. Yes, and we've seen Julio Urias, who was a twenty game winner for them. He's pitched four times in the last ten days. Like Pedro Martinez said last night, he's like, they had a 60-game season last year. Then they come back, and like this Urias kid, he's only like 22 years old. He's thrown over 100 more innings this year than he had ever thrown before. And now he's pitching four times in 10 days in the playoffs, and you're wondering why he's getting rocked? It's like, and Scherzer even said last night, he's like, my arm's dead. He's like, I will go out and give you everything I have because he's kind of a psycho. But he, he's got nothing. These guys just I, – I don't know why baseball has put themselves into this corner because I don't ever remember this happening when we were kids. No. We're like they're literally running out of guys that can start games. And you can even expand your roster and add a couple of guys for a playoff run. So it's like you shouldn't be in this position. Well, and I, it, Is this just a matter of like these managers don't trust anybody? I think that must be what it is. Like, because you're, you're getting so much shorter leashes, you're worried about workload, and, and you're you're playing this chess match where you think if you make one little miscue or, or mistake, it's going to mean the game. So they're, 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 they're like basically over-managing, you know? I feel like these guys, and, and I even throw counsel into this, I feel like these guys are terrified as managers of leaving a guy in too, too long. long. Versus yanking them too early. Well, because we've seen it in the past. We saw it last year in Game 7 when the Tampa Bay manager yanked their guy. He was dominating. No, but I'm, he, but, I'm, I'm but leaving yanked. in too long. Yes. I mean, we've seen it, and, and we see that that turns out to be the most critical part of the series where the guys just get absolutely annihilated for doing that. Yes, and I feel like when they take a guy out early... It's more. It's covering their own ass more than anything. And they chalk it up to strategy. Yeah. Well, we had a position that we could have done this, and we thought even though so and so's cruising, well, we had to take advantage of that, and blah blah blah. Even with and and I and I get the strategy, but even with Council bringing in Hater in the eighth, they didn't bring Hater in the eighth all year. And then in the most important game of the year, you bring him in in the eighth. So. I don't know. I mean, does that throw a guy off? I, I, I don't know. It shouldn't. You know, I mean. I don't know what effect that would have. But, you know, the Braves really seem to be the only team right now of the four that's kind of playing normal baseball. Good and, it's, and it's, and, and and it's working pitching, out yeah. for them, you know. They had four homers last night. Well, and Rosario is just white hot. Like, you can't get that guy out. And he's getting a big hit every game. And, uh, you know, the Braves... I had forgotten that they were up three one in the LCS last year. They were up two nothing and three yeah. one, and then now this is that's why nobody really in Atlanta is saying anything because they were there in this position, this exact position, and the Dodgers ran away with it afterwards. Well, and I think for a, a lot of people that don't maybe necessarily f- follow Major League Baseball outside of their own team, you kind of forget about that kind of stuff, and you're like, eh, the Braves they only won eighty nine games, but it's like, dude, look at their lineup. Got four dudes with thirty bombs, they're good. Mm-hmm. They got some good pitching. 
So uh, they got a chance to wrap it up tonight. tonight. Yep, a little after 7. So, yep, uh, they, they can do that. and then I, uh, I hope they do. It's going back to Houston, the ALCS, uh, for I, Game 6 tomorrow. Boy, I don't know. I, I just don't see Boston winning two games down there. It's going to be either. tough. I don't either. Even though they took – did they take the first one or yeah. the second one? And they and they did it with a big statement. But um, I think losing, losing a couple in Boston really, really hurt them. That game, yeah, that game for – where you where you blow your best starter yeah. and you end up getting blown out that that hurts. All right. Um. Any any comments? I guess or thoughts on Antanasio denying Stearns for the second straight year uh, access to the Mets. I mean, he basically said he's under contract with us, and and they got a club option, so there could be two more years left. Um. I don't have a problem with it as long as Stearns doesn't have a problem with it. If Stearns went to Atanasio and said, I'd like to interview, and Atanasio said no, then mm, I don't know if that's the right thing to do. Um, do you think that happened? No. I think that Stearns probably didn't ask for that. I think if he had, I think Atanasio would have probably allowed it, but still wanted right of first refusal. Sure. Um, but, you know, I think even if Stearns does leave, um, the assistant GM, Matt Arnold, I know a lot of people were very high on him. Um I think philosophically, I don't think much would change with the Brewers. But, um, you know, Stearns is only 35. He's not going to work for the Brewers for 30 years. So eventually he's going to leave. Um, You know, and we talked about it last week or a couple weeks ago. You know, if you're him, um, you may get to a point where you look around with the Brewers and go, I've gone as far as I can go with these guys. You know, division title and, and LCS is about the max. Right. If, if 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 we can't get to the World Series or win a title with yeah. uh, with the position we're in, then I'm not sure how much more improvement I can you make. You know, maybe another extra ninety million dollar payroll that I could get in New oh, York. God, yeah, but would put me over the top. I mean, let's get realistic. You know, that's not happening, right? So, yeah, yeah, unless you give me that, don't really have a choice. Well, and that might be one of the reasons why he leaves, where he just may say, "Listen, there's a better, I, there's a better, easier opportunity to win." When I can shell out two twenty, I'd like a bigger checkbook. Yeah, yeah, that's it's, it. It's certainly possible. That's it. All right, um, we'll end with a little community uh, kerfuffle that is kind of happening. I think. Yeah, I'll let you take this. You were there. Oh no, so. that's. Oh no, I was not there. I well, was. You were, yeah, you weren't there. Sorry. I was contacted about yep. this. So basically, as the story ha- has it, and it's been uh, it's been in the Gazette. It was a little late. They are not allowed to print all the things that took place with this story because you're just not allowed to print that type of language. But basically last week what happened is on Thursday, the, the assistant Milton band director collapsed at the end of practice and unfortunately passed away. I don't know cause of death or what happened. Probably or, like a heart attack yeah, or something. Yeah, I, I, I have no idea, but obviously the community and the band community was pretty rocked by that. So then the next night, they are performing at halftime, and they're doing some sort of, um, they're doing some sort of tribute to this director. It's a very emotional thing for the community and the band, given that their band director just passed away 24 hours beforehand. And Milton's team is crushing Craig. They're up. They're going to have a running clock to start the third quarter. The game is essentially over. Um, as far as I know, there's a there's a, a student section, there's a contingent in Craig's side, and as a, as I am told by several people that we were either on that side 
or knew someone that was on that side. Um, the Craig student section, I heard it on a YouTube clip. You can actually search it, um, a tape of the game that the camera is on the visitor's side looking at the field. You can hear the student section as the band's out on the field before they start playing. They start a chant of, fuck your band. And they uh, have uh, engaged in whiteboard signs of um, colorful language about calling the, the cheerleaders and the palms sluts and whores, and they're saying, fuck your teacher, and stuff like that. And to my knowledge, that has that led to a couple of students getting booted, and now the penalties that are coming down on those involved um, are pretty harsh. And, um, yeah, I, it, it got to the Craig administration, to my understanding, first thing Saturday morning. Like, it, it didn't wait until Monday, and there was an investigation into stuff, and, and people were well aware, and it's just, it's community distaste is the way I would look at it from the Milton community towards the Janesville Craig student. And, and that kind of thing. Um, you know, Coach Bunderson is kind of wrapped up in the whole thing. He's like, I don't know what happened. I was in the locker room trying to right. get my team ready for the it's third quarter. not his responsibility. No, it's not. No. And and I'm, I'm sure it's not indicative of the entirety of Craig High School as as people in Milton. I mean, we got to keep a little perspective here. You know, they all of a sudden want to apply a blanket. Well, all those Craig students, they do the same thing. Well, let's let's just calm down. Probably a couple that gathered a couple of more, and they kind of group together and they say, let's do this, which, let's be honest, it's a bad idea. I mean, it's not, there's no class, there's no decency involved. Um, and they got their, they got more than a wrist slap out of it. Um, so I talked to a couple of people in Milton, and uh, I talked to the athletic director, Spiewak, and I talked to McCormick a little bit, and um, they're just doing their due diligence Seems like everybody wants to put it behind them. Doesn't sound like the Milton community is going to be really quick to say, "Yeah, we're just going to let this go." You know, not a big deal. I think they're. Uh, I think I'm not going to. I think I used the phrase. They they kind of want. They're kind of out for blood on this kind of thing. You know what I mean? They want to see the the proper steps taken that that they think are that the kids are deserving of. Um, as far as penalties are concerned and, and, and consequences. So it just it was just an ugly scene. It was just one of those things where I just I read it, heard what was said, heard what happened to the kids, and I was just, there's no good part about this entire thing. None of it to me um, for what's happening in a football game and one community that's trying to, I guess, start the healing process by having the band do something for them. That's all. That's all yeah, I got. I just have a lot of questions. Sure. Um, I don't know that I'm going to be able to answer no, I, all of them. Most of them, you probably won't. Um, I guess it's not a question. Why? I, was it the smart thing to do for the band to perform less than 24 hours after that guy passed away? Probably not. Um, could they have moved the game to Saturday, given people an extra day to kind of mourn? Sure. Didn't want to do that. Um, I'm going to say no, you can't do that. Why? Both teams had playoff implications, and the WIA ain't going to allow that when they're up until 2 a.m. plugging Fair. everything for the entire state. Fair. They're not going to give them a pass. Fair. But, yeah, maybe, you know, maybe the band's not involved that day. Um, how are they getting whiteboards into a football game? Uh, do the Milton people at the gate, is there any accountability for them? Um, because you could say, well, it's just a marker board. How are they supposed to know? Well, it was just a bottle of booze. How was I supposed to know that the kid was going to fall off the top of the bleachers because he was so drunk? Like, come on now, let's, let's everybody 
look in the mirror here. Um, I don't know. I, I think the, the Milton, you know, most of the information I was getting was online. So half of it was probably incorrect anyway. <laughs> so I'm reading on the Janesville community page and then I, the comments. Yeah, and then not I read, a very reliable source no. of information. And then I read the comments on the Gazette article on Facebook. Also not great. You know, a lot of Milton people trashing Janesville, specifically the east side and Craig, um, which is not fair, but also fair. Um, you know, Craig, since we were kids has always had a really, really rabid, passionate student section at our sporting events. We always were rabid. We always had full sections at football games, at basketball games. It was, it was, it was out and out It was nuts. ungodly crazy. And, um, you know, over the years, the administration and the WIA has done a lot of things to crack down on certain cheers and whatnot. Um, you know, I, I wasn't there. I haven't watched any YouTube clips. I just have a hard time believing that a lot of these kids knew that a teacher in Milton died the night before. I wouldn't have known that if I was in high school. I don't know how I would have. Um, you know, I saw some people that were upset that kids were booing the palms and booing the band. Um, that's garbage. You, you can't be mad about that. Come to a Craig game. This is a sporting event. Yeah. You know, if if you can't take getting booed, then stay home. We're we're Again, we need a little perspective in the fact that that's part of the whole rivalry thing, yes. and that we're not all holding hands and singing kumbaya exactly. just because the other team is out there. I if, mean, if people are, if if kids are in the student section calling girls sluts and whores, and if they're really saying "fuck your teacher," that's bad. Yeah, I, there's there's no defending or excusing that. Um, but some of the repercussions they're talking about banning them from school activities. Pre-expulsion, uh, disorderly conduct, like, look, we do forty-five to fifty basketball games a year. We've been doing it now for I think this is our maybe seventh, at least six, maybe seventh year. So we're around what two hundred and fifty-ish games mm-hmm. we've done. We've still never seen a full gym in Janesville. No. And I'm talking about student sections. Even for Craig and Parker. Even for Craig Parker, for Craig Beloit, for Parker Beloit. If you want to continue to not have kids go to the events, then press criminal charges for words. Because it's already hard enough to get high school kids to give a shit about athletics. About anything. uh, At all anymore whether it's going out for teams, sticking with teams, or supporting the teams, if you're now going to make it where I ha- I I basically just have to sit there and clap, kids aren't going to go. They're not going to participate. Now, again, I'm not excusing the vulgarities of of what they said to the girls or about the, the teacher that passed, but, like, you know, we got to be a little – people got to calm down and use their head a little bit here. The punishment has to fit the crime. And technically, there wasn't really a crime. There's hurt feelings. There's insensitivity. There's some assholeness. But I'm not sure that requires a several hundred dollar ticket for a high school kid. Because really, you're telling everybody else, go to the game and shut up or don't go to the game. And I think that's, if you're, if you're the kind of person that 
it bothers that there's not a lot of support anymore in Janesville for athletics, then just be careful how you pursue this because you may get some repercussions that you weren't intending for. Um, I don't really disagree with a whole lot. Um, I, I, I kind of said this when I was talking to the Milton athletic director and um, I kind of put it in an email when I, I told the people that contacted me from Milton um, who said that this happened and they didn't know whether at the time that it had gotten to the administration, which I found out secondhand that it did. I wasn't telling them anything that they hadn't heard already. Um, but I, I said as a, you know, as a somebody who's now in my chair who wants the success for all the communities that we cover, we do Milton games, we do Craig games, we do Parker games. I don't want any of those programs to succeed any more or less than any of the others. I want the whole area to thrive when it comes to athletics. I want great new field houses and gymnasiums like the the places have had, and I want the teams. I would like to go to state to cover one of these teams on the regular. That's part of my job. Um, but... I just think, as far as the penalties are concerned, I don't know what you do to impart to those guilty parties. And again, it's a very small fraction. Again, it's not the entirety of the student section that was taking part in this. That's been made clear. I don't know what you do to impart to those students, like, there is a line on what you can and can't do or what you should and shouldn't do and you have crossed that line. I think suspending them is enough. You think? Yes. Okay. Yes. It didn't happen at school. It didn't even happen in Janesville. I mean, if a kid goes up to Sun Prairie and says something, are we going to give him a ticket? Like, th- that's what I'm saying here. Like, you, you have to be careful on how far you want to take this. Sure. Because once you go that far, you now set the precedent. Mm-hmm. I would rather go a little light. I could always go farther later. But if I go far now, well... Well, uh, then now now I have to be judge, jury, and executioner every time anybody says anything. Do you think going light kind of, not motivates, but allows more consideration for kids where, well, I can deal with that. Don't... Well, you're always going to, whatever punishment you have, people are always going to say, I can deal with that. There's kids that are going to say, well, it's no different than we used to, remember when kids would go to prom drunk? Yes. I'm sure. They, I'm sure they still well, do. Did the did did getting an underage at prom keep people from going to prom drunk? No. Well, well, people are always going to do what people are going to do. But I'm just saying, like, then why be, have be, any penalties be, be, at all? No, be careful because the kids that don't do that shit are going to be looking around, going, "Well, I don't even want to go. I don't even want to be a part of this." Right. I'm just not even going to go to the game. So you think the ripple effect is the more dangerous? Yes. Thing. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, and look. We need rivalries. For sure. Craig and Parker is still kind of a rival. Craig Beloit used to be one of the best rivalries in the state. Now That's we dead. barely play them anymore, um, especially in you know, football. We used to have a great rivalry with Madison West. Um, there, in all sports, we used to have a great rivalry with uh, Sun Prairie. That's pretty much dead because uh, Sun yeah. Prairie kicks the shit out of us right. and everything. Um you know, so there's an opportunity for Craig and Milton, and you and I talked about it the other day. Milton and Craig and Milton and Parker, they ought to be playing each other in all everything the, all the time. Everything. Because Milton basically has the same enrollment now as Parker. So it's not like the old days where we had 1,600 kids and they had 600. Everybody's got like 1,500 now. 
So and there's so much back and forth with school choice. Yes, there's kids that live in Janesville that go to Milton. There's the kids that live in Milton that go to Janesville. So blurred with choice and stuff like that. So it's like there is very much known people across each community. Well, I don't want the rivalry to become parents bitching and sniping at each other and calling kids names. I want the rivalry to be between the schools and on the field because that's where the fun is. You know, there were a lot of people from Milton that were saying some pretty shitty things about. Uh, Janesville people and Craig people online that I would argue are as bad as anything that those kids said in the in the stands. Um, one thing you may or may not know: how did was this? How did they find out about this? Was there Milton people on the Craig side of the stadium that heard this? Was it heard on the YouTube thing? Do you do you know how that happened? Um, from what I can tell, all the press box windows on the near side. Um, so that's on the residential side, not on the school side, not on the home side, because uh, that's where the clock operators and, and all the announcers sit. Well, it's not, like, it's not, like Monterey. No the the, the quote-unquote good side of the field is the home side, and then the other side of the field where there's just bleachers. No, there's another press box. Oh, that, there is. And that's where okay. everything gets done. Oh, that's where all the filming gets done. Correct. Okay. Um, I mean, they have they had film on both sides, but I mean, the clock operator, the PA guy, all that's in that little big, okay. that okay. little bunker that's over there. Gotcha. But to my knowledge, from Russ and Lauren, all the windows were closed, so they didn't even know what was happening um, because they didn't hear anything. But I, I think there were there were people in the stands that were chaperones. Mister McCormick was there. He was, to my knowledge, booted some kids out that yeah. were responsible for this. Um, I don't know how many um, workers were there from. Uh, from the school that got this, but I mean the the information got got disseminated very quickly from people that were there. So I don't know if that included, like you said, Milton parents on the Craig side. Yeah, I, I'm just or I, what it doesn't matter. The, I'm just curious. The text message that I that one of the messages that I received was from a from a former coworker of mine who I don't have no reason to distrust. He knows someone who is a Craig alum and a parent who was on the Craig side. And they passed along that information as a parent of the irresponsible side. So it's basically like tattling on your own family, sure. you know, kind of like. And they're like, I don't want to be a part of this. This, well, is, this is not what we are. And listen, like I said, we've done 200-plus games over the last several years. We've heard a lot of shit come out of the stands. Yes, we have. From, from as many parents as kids. Probably more so, I would um, say. But... I would just urge everybody to, you know, take a breath. It was insensitive. It was uncalled for. But, you know, I was thinking about it the other day, and it kind of made me laugh. You know, I'm 40 now. You're 41. It's hard to remember when we were 16, 17. Yeah. But I do remember that we were dumb as shit. (laughs) We said dumb shit all the time. We did dumb shit all the is there anything dumber in the universe than a teenage high school boy? Probably, Probably not. not. So just everybody, calm down. Remember that these are idiots. <laughs> their brains are like freaking twenty percent developed. We're lucky they could even tie their shoes on and drive to school. And we were the same way. I'm not casting aspersions on these kids. We were the same damn way. Everybody listening to this podcast was the same way. Your kids are going to be that way when they're in high school. Can't wait. So it was dumb. It was insensitive. It was uncalled for. Give them the smack on the wrist. Everybody move on with their lives because it's not that big a deal. Very eloquently put. Very well done. And that is where we will wrap up this edition 
of the intentional foul. Thank you for uh, joining us on the midday. Uh, this should be released here in the next couple hours, hopefully I, before it turns dark. Nobody, nobody cried any tears for me when they were calling me Dumbo. Midget. Scott Skiles, bad hair. Ooh, that's a good one. I, yeah. didn't, I didn't know about the Skiles Come on, man. thing. Oh, wow. That's cold. Toughen up that skin. Let's go. Thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing. And, of course, please pass the word along. We'd love to grow our audience, and that only happens if you help us. So please do. So uh, until the next round. Yeah, I'm, we'll be back. We've been doing another one in, like, right, a couple hours. A couple so. days. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I'm Josh. I'm Dan. And we will talk to you next week. Go Bucks, World champs. <laughs>